Today we're going to continue, hallelujah, with our message on how to please God. How to please God. How do you please God? Is it something that is necessary? Is it something that is important? Is it something that we need to focus on? On pleasing God? Or it is something that we can skip? It is something that we can pass. It is something that is not so important. So that's the question today. Hallelujah. So how to please God? I believe that those who please God are distinguished and different from those who do not please God but are not doing anything wrong. What am I saying? I'm saying that pleasing God is the greatest thing you and I can do. Because when we please God, God takes it personally. God takes it very, very seriously. Let's look at some verses. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. I want to encourage you to receive the word because it's going to change your lives. You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. You know how badly we had treated, we were treated at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. Imagine Apostle Paul saying this. Yet our God gave us the courage to declare this good news or the gospel to you boldly in spite of the great or in spite of great opposition. So you can see we are not preaching with any deceit or impure motives or trickery. Verse 4 is what we want. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Oh, hallelujah. I'll repeat verse 4 again. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Hallelujah. Now, let's look at a few other verses. Look at Galatians 1.10. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 1 verse 10, For if I yet please God, I cannot be... So if, for if I yet please men, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? If I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. I should not be the servant of Christ. Think about it. Let's look again at Luke. Let's also look at Luke. Lucas chapter 16 verse 15 Lucas 16 15 and he said to them you are those who justify yourselves before men we are talking about pleasing God and how certain things like trying to please men can, can negate our trying to please God you cannot please men and God rather you can Aim to please God and please men. What am I saying? It's nice to, to desire to please men or people you love or people you care about. It's very good to do that. But making sure that the focus is pleasing God and not the focus of pleasing men. Because when you are your focus is to please men, you will not please God. But if the focus is to please God, you will please men also. Because God should be the focus and not men. Meaning that as I do certain things, I'm doing it first of all to please God. And I want to please the man or woman. So that's very, very important. And let's look at what Jesus said in Luke 16, 15. And he said unto, uh, to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men. Let's use NLT for this, but let me finish reading King James. But God knows your heart. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. NLT, please. So you will clearly see that, let's look at Luke 16, 15. Then he said to them, you, are, you like to look good in public, but God knows your evil heart. 
What this world honest is an abomination in the sight of God. Did you see that? So what people honor? What's the point of me being happy with you and God not being happy with you? What's the point of your family member being happy with you and God not being happy with you? What really matters is God, number one. So it means that my goal in life is to please God. But as I'm pleasing God, I'm also desiring to please men. But my pleasing men should not come, uh, 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 should not cost my pleasing God. For example, you can please men by doing what someone wants you to do when you know there's no right wrong, but you know that it's not right. For example, maybe you want people, you, you want to say certain things to please someone, but you know that God it doesn't want you to do that. Or you, you, you try so much to please people that you, do, you, you don't do what God says do. You can try to please people and not walk in love. You can try to please people and not do what you need to do as a Christian. I'm sure we'll go more into that, but let's continue. Hallelujah. But remember, it's also important to try to please people because we are human beings. We work with human beings. We will always, always desire to please our loved ones, desire to please our boss, desire to please. All that is important. But what God is saying is that you, you, you are, that's what people seek for. And because they don't seek to honor God, when they seek to please other people, they disregard what God says do. Look at John 6.44. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that comes from God only? So seek to please God and make sure that the one who you are looking for to give you honor is God and not man. Because you would cut certain corners, you would step on toes, you would, you, 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 you would brag on yourself, you would uh, 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 say things about others you don't need to say, just to please someone. So it's very, very important that we say to ourselves, what would God be happy with? What would God want me to do? In this situation, if Jesus was physically here, what would he say? You realize that it always doesn't work when you are trying to please someone. That's why Galatians 1.10 clearly says it. For am I now seeking the approval of men or God? Or am I trying to please men or man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. I cannot. I cannot. The two don't go together. The goal in life is to please God, full stop. But whilst pleasing God, I want to please those I like. But if I say that I want to please my, my, my loved one, or I want to please my leader, or my boss, then it means that because my focus is pleasing my boss or pleasing uh, uh, my loved one, my focus will not be in for God because I can see my loved one now. You can't see God. The Bible says, how can you say you love God whom you cannot see when you cannot love the one you see? So we cannot see God. So the ones that are right by us are the ones that will influence our decisions unless we make a conscious decision, conscious decision to please God. Did you get that? Let's continue. Now let's look at a good example of the benefit of pleasing God. Let's use David as an example, because he's one of the best examples you can use. Someone who was not perfect. The Bible says, Elijah was a man subject to like passion as we are. Yet he prayed that it would not rain and it would not rain. He prayed that it would rain and it rained. So, David was a man like us. Hallelujah. But worse than us in some ways. Hallelujah. Because he will kill you right there. He will not even waste time. Nabal, many of us would have just said, we'll leave you to God. But David was going to kill him. Hallelujah. And yet, David was special. Look at 1 Kings chapter 15 from verse 1 to 5. But it's 5 that we're looking for. 1 Kings chapter 15, verse 1 to 5. Now, in the eight, 18th year of King Jeroboam, the son of Nebat reigned Abijam over Judah. Three years reigned he in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Makkah, Makkah the daughter of Abishalom. 
And he walked in all the sins of his father, which or his forefathers, which he had done before him. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father. Verse 4. Nevertheless, for David's sake, who glory to God, may God say for your sake or for my sake. Nevertheless, for David's sake, did the Lord his God give him a lamp in Jerusalem to set up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem because of David. Verse 5. Because David did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and turned not aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life, save in the matter of Uriah the Kittite. Let me read it in another version, verse 4 and 5. Nevertheless, for David's sake did the Lord his God give him a lamp in Jerusalem to set up his, so the good news trans translation, I'm going to read that. To set up his son after him and to establish Jerusalem. Now verse 8 says, The Lord did this because David had done what pleased him and had never disobeyed any of his commandments except in the case of Uriah the Hittite. Wow. So you see that David was not perfect, but God decided to do wonderful things in David's life because David pleased him. Now, it's not always automatic. The Bible says that certain people, certain kings like Ahab and even Hezekiah, because of something they did that displeased the Lord, the Bible says that God, it affected their children. So sometimes, at least in the Old Covenant, it affected people's children when they did wrong things. But David himself, his forefathers, even though Jeroboam had sinned, the Bible says that God made sure that a light or a lamp in Jerusalem would always be there for his servant David's sake. And I think that's a great blessing. Hallelujah. So you and I must seek to please the Lord. Because when we please the Lord, he keeps us alive. When we please the Lord, he, it sustains, he sustains us. When we please the Lord, he gives us all good things to enjoy. When we please the Lord and we are close to the Lord, He gives us life. He gives us tranquility. He gives us all the blessings we can ever imagine. Let's go back to Colossians, our key text, chapter 1. And let's look from verse 1 to 11 and then we continue with the message on how to please God. The, we, the Bible makes it very clear ways to please God. Hallelujah. So we will read verses that God says, and this is what pleasing to me. It's not only Hebrews that say, 11, 6 that says that it is impossible to please God. Another verse which we will read later says that we can never please God with, because of a certain thing. So it means that if we do the opposite, we will be able to please God. Colossians 1, 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. Hallelujah. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doeth also in you, since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. Verse 7. As ye also learned of Ephrathus, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. But use NLT. Let's use NLT from verse 8 or verse 7. Ephraphas, our much-loved co-worker, was the one who brought you the good news. He is Christ's faithful servant and he is helping us in your place. He is the one who told us about the great love for others 
that the Holy Spirit has given you. So we have continued praying for you ever since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you a complete understanding of what he wants to do in your lives. And we ask him to make you wise with spiritual wisdom. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. So we'll talk about this one later on. The way you live. We'll explain what that means. We'll always honor and please the Lord. And you will continually do good, kind things for others. All the while, you will learn to know God better and better. And then verse 11. We also pray that you will be strengthened with glorious power so that you will have all the patience and endurance you need. May you be filled with joy. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. So we said that the first way to please the Lord, as was written in Colossians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 and 8 to 11, is to love each other. When we love each other, God blesses us and promotes us. What do I mean by promote? The Bible says, and Apostle Paul said in verse 8 to 11, that when Ephraim told us about your love for the saints, we decided because you love the saints and your faith, we decided to pray for you that God will give you uh, or will fill your heart with his wisdom and knowledge in the spirit, in, in all spiritual things, will fill your heart with wisdom and knowledge so that you will walk in a way that will be pleasing to the Lord. And it goes on. So number one, loving God and each other. Now someone will say, it's very difficult for me to love. I don't know how to love. In my family, we struggle to love. Well, you are now in the family of God. In the family of God, Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says, And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Hallelujah. And then we also talked about John 13, 34 and 35. Number two. The second way to please the Lord, we've said a lot about it, so I'll just summarize it, is to serve God. And we read that from Colossians 1, 5 to 6. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that we are his masterpiece. Oh, hallelujah. We are God's masterpiece. Use NLT. We are God's masterpiece created anew in Jesus Christ to do those good things that he planned for us long ago what a blessing what a blessing so so long as you and i are doing what god brought us into this world to do you and i will be significant in this life and in the life to come so long as we because god created us for a purpose brought us into this world for a reason what did god bring adam into this world to do god be fruitful, be multiply, replenish, uh, sorry, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue the earth, have dominion over everything on the earth. Hallelujah. Which includes the devil who could not have any rights or control over Adam or any of them. That's why he had to use deception to take that power. Because Adam was the prince of the world. Hallelujah. So long as we serve God, so long as we live for him, we will be significant in this life and in the life to come. Hallelujah. Then we began to talk about rewards and crowns for pleasing him. Think about it. In heaven, there are crowns and rewards. The Bible says that Jesus, even there's a song, You are, you are crowned with many crowns and rule all things in righteousness. So Jesus in Revelation the Bible talks about how he is crowned with the many crowns. He, there, there are many crowns on his head. Also, he shines brighter than the sun. I'm sure a million times brighter than the sun. Jesus Christ. That's why there will be no need for a sun in the New Jerusalem because Jesus Christ will be the brightness. The, 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 there will be the light of the New Jerusalem. Oh, hallelujah. The light will be coming from Jesus. What a blessing. Let's look at James chapter 1 verse 12. NLT. James chapter 1 and verse 12. 
We'll just quickly rush through this. God blesses the people who patiently endure testing. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. So this is very important. There is a reward for people who love God. And that reward is the crown of life. And God has promised the crown of life to all who love him. Also, the people who patiently endure testing would also receive that crown of life that was promised to those who love God. So it means that if you love God, you will definitely will be patiently enjoying testing and you receive the crown of life. Hallelujah. So whilst you are in heaven, you have one crown. So, so far, one crown. There are many other crowns, but we just talked about a few. One crown, just because you've endured trials, difficulties, tribulation, and because you love God. Number two, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 to 4. Let's still use NLT for this. Hallelujah. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the lands of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, the provinces of, or province of Asia, and Britannia. God the Father chose you long ago, and the Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Jesus Christ and are cleansed by his blood. May you have more and more of God's special favor and wonderful peace. May that be your story and my story. Verse 3. All honor. Okay. 1 Peter 5, 1-4. 1 Peter 5, 1-4. And now a word to you who are elders in the church. I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ. And I too will share his glory and his honor when he returns. As a fellow elder, this is my appeal to you. Care for the flock of God entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, not for what you will get out of it. But because you are eager to save God. Verse 3. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care. Because Jesus explained that he asked Simon and his disciples. Let's, let's keep it here. I'll come back to this. He asked uh, uh, Peter and the disciples. When the leaders of this world are dealing with their subjects. They lord over or dominate over their subjects. They control their subjects. But Jesus said, that should not be with you. But rather, the chiefest or the most, the, or the, the, yeah, the chiefest or the one who is first should be the last or the seventh. The one who is the greatest should be the smallest among you. And so Jesus was saying that the apostles and the leaders of the church they should rather be, be, be servants because a, what is a minister? A minister is a servant. So as we are leading and we, some of us who start leading in the church, we must realize that we are leading people by example and by service, not by lording over because that is not the scripture, at least according to Peter, not me. Peter wrote this before I was born. Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care. But lead them by your good example. There's a difference between forcing people and getting people to understand why they need to do something. When you get people to understand why they need to do something, they'll do it even better than you expected and better than those who are forced. And they'll love to do it because they do it. They are doing it because they understand. Don't lord it over the people assigned to you your care, but lead them by your good example. Verse 4. And when the head or chief shepherd comes, your reward will be a never-ending share in his glory and honor. Now use King James for verse 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. The second crown that can be given to a Christian, 
is the a, a Christian who shepherds. Now, what do we mean by shepherds? Who who is interested in caring for? When, when the Bible says shepherd the flock of God, it means tend to the flock, feed the flock, care for the flock, advise the flock, encourage the flock, pray for the flock. So it means that you see people in the church, you start to pray for them, that God will establish them. You, you, you give them good advice. You, you encourage them. You, you help them to, 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 to become established in the church and in Christ so that they will also establish other people. That's how you do it. And when you do that, you will receive a crown of glory that will never fade. Isn't that a blessing? Number three, 2 Timothy 4, 7 to 8. 2 Timothy 4, 7 to 8. Hallelujah. I have fought, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of what? Righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not only to me, or not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Now, this is very important. Go to verse 7. Now, there are two conditions to receive the crown of righteousness. The first is finishing your course and keeping the, the faith that God has given to you. So you fight and you finish the reason why God brought you to the earth. Apostle Paul said, I'm being poured like a drink of an offering and I finished. God brought me to this world to do something and I finished it. I finished. I completed my course. So the first is finishing whatever God has called you into this world to do. Finish it. Let's look at verse 8. So it means that if you need, to, if, if God wants, if you are supposed to be a prophet to help people, you are supposed to be an evangelist, you are supposed to be a pastor, you are supposed to be a helper, you are supposed to be someone who is in the helps ministry, you are supposed to be someone who encourages you are, supposed to be some, you are supposed to be someone who exalts or, 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 or the gift of administration or helping, whatever it is. Make sure that at the end, you have finished what God brought you into this world to do. Mary of Bethany, Mary finished her course. What was her course? Pouring the thing that Jesus said. That was it. She's done her work. She's finished. Now, verse 8, henceforth is laid up for me. Because I have finished my course, because I have done everything I need to do, there is now the crown of righteousness which I'm about to get because I'm about to die. I'm about, I'm about to get it. But I'll not, I'm not the only one who will get it. Those who finish their course will get it. And those who are awaiting and love his appearing. Look at NLT verse 8. This is very important. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that great day of his, return, of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his glorious return. Now, ever since I understood this verse, if I, 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 I always pray that, oh God, come, God, come, God, come. Of course, deep down, you know that you want to finish your course. You don't want him to come this second. But what he is telling us is that all those who are eagerly looking forward to his glorious return will receive the crown of righteousness. How do you receive the crown of righteousness? By looking forward to his return and by keeping the faith and finishing your course. What am I saying? Who gets a crown of righteousness? All those who keep the faith and finish their course. Also, all those who eagerly await his return. So this one is one or the other. We'll give you the crown of righteousness when you read this verse. So it means that if you are struggling to await his return, try to do it. But in the meantime, if he comes before you've mastered it, just make sure that you are good in terms of of, of, of finishing your course and doing what God brought you into this world to do. I don't know if I'm saying something to someone. Because we are also purified. 
when we await his coming. So, so there are many benefits to saying, oh Lord, uh, uh, Hosanna. Or, or, or saying, Lord, come. Jesus, we await you. Come, come. We are in this evil world. We want to see you. We want to see your face. The King of glory, we want you to come. That purifies us and causes us to receive the crown of righteousness. What a blessing. Next one. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 and 20. How many are getting me so far? So we can see that one is for endurance and loving God. Two, three are connected to service to God. Now, I'm still waiting for 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 to 20. And let's see what that one is. Hallelujah. How many are hearing what I'm talking about? Very important. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 to 20. For what is our hope? or joy, or crown of rejoicing, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Look at ESV for verse 19 and 20. For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of boasting, before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? Verse 20. For you are our glory and joy. So this verse, it could be for those who start or plant churches or help establish a church. Apostle Paul was saying that the church in Thessalonica was going to bring him hope, joy, and a crown of rejoicing at Christ's coming. So this is another verse that is talking about our service. So anyone who is helping a new church can receive the crown of rejoicing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's go for one more. Or one out of a few others. I'll just touch on a few others before. Let's continue. First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 25. Another crown. First Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 25. And every man that strideth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible, but we an incorruptible. Let's look at it in NLT. Now this is very important. But King James uh, sees it in a way, so you have to think about it. All athletes pride, uh, athlete, athletes practice strict self-control. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Use ESP for this. And the prize is a crown. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Did you get that? So we are running the race and striving to have self-control in all things. We do it to receive an eternal, imperishable, incorruptible crown. This refers to the victory of eternal salvation, the precious goal of the Christian life. So anyone who just walks in their Christian faith till the end will receive the, the incorruptible crown. So most Christians can receive this one. But I want to receive all five or every kind of crown you can get. As a human being, you can't beat Christ because he's God. But any crown you can get as a human being, we know how to get it. It's written in the Bible. So let's do what we need to do to get it. Because remember that the positions in heaven, when the more crowns you have, the more authority you have, the closer you are to Jesus, the more bright you are, or the brighter you are, the better. Hallelujah. Then we read from Daniel chapter 12. Let's quickly look at Daniel chapter 12. And then hopefully I'll be able to just share the third uh, uh, one. The third we. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, 
even to that same time. And at that time, and at that time, thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise, or are teachers of the word, or are teachers of righteousness, shall shine as the brightness of the sky, the heavens. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So you and I will shine like the bright. Well, we, there's only one bright and morning star, Jesus Christ. But if he is called the day star, the shining, the, the, the bright and shining morning star. If he is called the bright and morning star, and you and I will shine like the stars, then we'll shine like Christ. We'll shine bright. Of course, he is the brightest because we are the, our light will not light the new Jerusalem, but it's Christ's light. But we will be close to him because we are shining. We will we'll be seated near him. The Bible, Jesus said that he will allow the person to sit with him, I, I, I believe, an extension of his throne. When we overcome, he will also allow us to sit down on a throne. So we will have different positions in heaven because of what we do. This life on earth now is what God is going to use to determine what we will have in heaven. Because right now, there's, we are not in heaven. What other way can we earn the blessings and the riches and the crowns and the, the honor and the, the shining in heaven? It's only the things we do on earth. You can't just come to the world, live however you want to live and receive crowns in heaven. I mean, you, no, no soul is one no help for the church you've gone to church come home you've made all the money in the world you can make but forgotten about god how are you going to get a crown so you see that you've gotten a lot of money here that's if you will but in heaven there's no reward there you are just there i want to get as much as i can like the other person but that is not my focus but still get as much financial blessings and favor and blessings in this life but I'm rich towards God. And when I get to heaven, I get the biggest reward that I can get. That's better. I feel that that is what you and I should do. God is not opposed to riches. When Jesus said that the rich fool was a fool, why was he a fool? Because he was rich in material things, but he was not rich towards God. That was his crime. He was not rich towards God. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone will receive the things that are done in his body or her body, whether it be good or bad. Everything we do, we will give an account and will be rewarded or not rewarded based on what we do. Judgment seat of Christ, the beamer, judgment seat of Christ, hallelujah, or reward. Heaven Hell is spirit-right, white throne, has nothing to do with us. We will be observing it. But the great, that's the judgment seat, no, that's the great white throne judgment. But the judgment seat of Christ is for Christians to be judged by Christ for rewards of what you've done in the body. And all these when you please the Lord. Revelation 2.23 and I will kill her children with death. Okay, that's the whole of Babylon. And all the churches shall know that I am he which, set, which searcheth the reins and the heart. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Now, what did he mean? The reins and the hearts, the thoughts, the minds, the intentions. So let me read it again. And I will, uh, let's use a good ESV. And I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and heart. And I will give to each of you according to your works. According to your works. Revelation 22, 12. According to your works. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. I'll, 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 I'll read it from ESV after this. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. To give every man according to his work shall be. Now ESV says, Behold, I come soon bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. 
you are talking about the second way to please God, serving the Lord. Now, you, you, if, if, if you don't serve the Lord or you don't, you don't please the Lord, he will not reward you like this. Revelation 3.11. Let's get a couple more. Because you have kept my word about patience and endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. Behold, verse 11, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. So take thy crown is to receive your crown. So when the, uh, that, that, this verse, no one take your crown. There's no time to go into other versions. But when Jesus is saying that, or, or, be careful, hold fast so that no one will take your crown. What he's saying is that, be careful that your crown is not taken from you and given to another. Take your crown is to receive your crown because you did not hold it. So it was given to another. For example, look at Jacob and Esau. Esau's crown, I mean, Esau's crown was given to Jacob. He didn't have the crown and then Jacob took it. The crown was supposed to be for him after he received the blessing, but he did not receive the blessing. Therefore, it was given to Joseph. Sorry, Jacob. Look at Judas. Judas was supposed to receive a crown, but Judas betrayed Christ and went to hell. He's the only one we are 100% sure he's in hell. And went to hell. So the crown was given to someone else. Now, what does it mean the crown was given to someone else? That duty, that call, that purpose of life was given to another. So it means that if you and I don't do what God wants us to do, it will be given to another person. Proverbs 11.30 Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 30. Okay. Let me give you. The, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. I pray that we will all be wise. Hallelujah. To give, to, to not only win souls, but to give to support it. When you are giving to the church, you are giving to support evangelism given to support orphans or widows or any of such it's a great blessing why is it a great blessing it's a great blessing because you i mean god will reward you hallelujah it's a great blessing because you'll be rewarded when you give to widows you give to orphans hallelujah but if you win souls you are wise let me give you one more and then we will continue I'm, i will just start it i don't think we'll finish it I'm giving you one of the shorter ones. Very powerful one. First Timothy 5, 1 to 4. There are a number of verses. I'll read about two or three because of time. First Timothy 5, 1 to 4. 5, 1 to 4. Thank you. Never speak harshly to an older man or an elder. The elder is older man. Hallelujah. But appeal to him respectfully. As you would your own father. So older people, you don't just start shouting at them and, you know. Talk to younger men as you would your own brothers. Now, younger men, you can shout a bit because your brother, your brothers, you shout back and forth. Hallelujah. And this to Pastor Timothy. Treat, but unfortunately, some people have not understood this and go off, do the wrong thing and start shouting and mm, mistreating older people. Unfortunately. Treat older women as you would your own your, your mother, meaning that you show respect. You, you show respect, older woman, older older person. You show respect to her. Someone who can be your mother or much older. You show respect to her, like you do your mother. That 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 that, that is the right thing. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Now you, you have some flaps some uh, leg room with brothers and sisters. Not leg room to sin or, or, or get angry, but leg room to 
to flow in a certain way and talk, uh, 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 encourage in a certain way. Hallelujah. Verse 3. Take care of any widow or widow who has no one else to care for her. It's our duty to look after widows who have no one to care for them. It's a duty. I said it's a duty. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. Verse 4. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home. Number one. And we'll explain what the godliness means. Well, how, how, how to phrase it. Uh, yeah. At home. And repair their parents by taking care of them. Now, this is important. Because we're talking about the widow. Now, we are now switched to parents. So, the widow is finished now. Now, we are going bigger than widow. We are now talking about parents. So, how do you repay your parents for looking after you, for changing your diapers, for giving birth to you, for looking after you? How do you repay them? They could be billionaires, but how do you repay them? The Bible is explaining it. For their responsibility is to show godliness to at home and repair their parents by taking care of them. This is something that something that pleases God very much. The emphasis very much. Very much. Isn't that a blessing? So now we've seen something without a doubt that pleases God very much. Hallelujah. And, and and so 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 I mean I guess what I'm saying. So godliness at home. So so showing respect, showing uh, uh, the fear of God. Godliness, the fear of God, the respect. When I say fear, the fear or respect of God, the worship of God. So God is saying that show respect to God at home. Respect God. Have the fear of the Lord. Have piety in in terms of worship and. Take care of your parents by repaying them or repay them by taking care of them. Some people are always looking for, of course, when they are in school, they are not talking about, they are talking about people who have finished school, they are working, but you are asking daddy and mommy for money all the time. Rather, be giving to them, even if they have more than you, because it's a good principle. What do you think? Take care of all widows who cannot take care of themselves, we must also repay our parents by taking care of them. This is very, very clear. I mean, what a verse. I mean, it pleases God very much. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have seen it. The emphasis, I mean, which, how many verses we look get that says very much? Now, someone would think doing something, maybe whatever, in the church, Will please God very much. Yes, to please God, but certain things that we are minor, that we think are not important to God, are very important to Him. Colossians three twenty. Time is running out. I believe we we'll continue it after a couple of verses. Okay, children. Obey your parents in all things. For this is well pleasing unto the Lord. Look at NLT for this. You children must always obey your parents for this is what pleases the Lord. Did you get that? There is the, the creator of the universe, our God, takes so seriously the relationship between children and parents. And this is when we are talking about daddy, mommy, and anyone who has been a daddy, mommy figure to you. Hallelujah. Spiritual parents and all those things, there are also places for that, but that's not what we are, at least, I think this is pretty clear. But that's not what we are talking about. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6, 1 to 4, NLT. And then let's start to wrap up since our time is up. Ephesians 6, 1 to 4. Good, NLT. Children, obey your parents because 
you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Look at it in Amplified first, just verse 1. And then, then I read the Hormans Christian Standard Bible. Children, obey your parents in the Lord as his representatives, for this is just, just and right. Hormans Common Christian Standard Bible says, Children, obey your parents as you would the Lord, because this is right. So when King James says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, we have to just understand it. So this, this just means that obey your parents as if you would be obeying the Lord, because this is right. Then it goes on to explain it further. Verse 2, Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise. The first commandment was with promise. If you honor NLT, if you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe we'll go into more details, but I believe it's very important. We, I, I explain what honor your father and mother is. Let, I guess let me just say it. Uh, Matthew 15, 1 to 5, I'll just quickly say it. The, 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 the Pharisees were talking about Jesus. Tell your disciples that they shouldn't break the tradition of the elders by washing, by eating without washing their hands. Because they are breaking the tradition of the elders. Because if you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, of course, washing your hands, I always used to ask myself, because washing your hands before eating is good. It, it, it will remove germs. So why didn't Jesus say, yes, you are right. Let's, let me wash, I mean, they should wash their hands. I'm sure later on, Jesus must have told them that it's good to wash your hands, I, I think. But Jesus was trying to correct them because they had no right to say that when they were breaking they were actually breaking a commandment of the Lord. Tradition of elders doing something that will help your body versus disobeying directly the commandments of the Lord and making it look like you are obeying God. I'll explain it. Why do your disciples disobey our old age traditions? They demanded. They ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand washing before they eat. Verse 3. Jesus replied, and why do you by your traditions violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, honor your father and mother. And anyone who speaks evil of father or mother must be put to death. Of course, now, when someone goes and curses father and mother, the pastor or God will not tell someone to stone them. We won't do that now, but God has his ways of dealing with them. Hallelujah. But you say, you don't need to honor your parents by caring for their needs if you give the money to God instead. I always used to ask, long ago, God, I want to live long, so what does it mean to honor father and mother? I want to know it. Thank God he showed that to us. But you say, you don't need to honor your parents by caring for their needs if you give the money to God instead. Verse 6. And so by your own tradition, you nullify the direct commandment of God. So this verse is very important. This verse is telling us that when we take care of our parents, we are honoring our parents. And when we honor our parents, it will be well with us and we will live long on the earth. Because it is well pleasing to God. We read it from 1 Timothy 5, 4 that when we care for our parents, it, it is very, very pleasing to God. It, it, it actually says that God is very pleased when we, 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 we care for, we, we help, we give financially to our parents. I don't know why we don't hear about these things a lot, but it's the Bible. And there are plenty of verses in the Old Testament and New Testament about this. So, it, hallelujah, especially the old. So, it's important to honor or care for our parents. What, it, it has nothing to do with, with whether they have more than us. It has absolutely nothing to do with it. 
Even God, honor the Lord with your substance. Do we have more money than God that we need to give him? No. God says, you honor me by giving money to me. But all the money is the Lord's. The, I mean, God is rich, in abundant in everything, and yet he says that you honor me by giving. So we are not giving to the Lord because he's poor. We are giving to the Lord because that is what he defines as honor. We are, we, we, are, we are helping our parents and giving to our parents because God considers giving or helping parents as honor. And because it is well-pleasing, let's get that verse again as I wrap up. First Timothy 5, 4. As we are honoring our parents, as we are, as we are, we are helping them, God is very pleased. And because he's very pleased, he will give us a long life. But if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God very, I'll repeat it again, very much. All this is I'm saying, it's not as if I don't practice it, I'm just saying it. Because I'm not saying, you see, I didn't say give to the church and it pleases God very much. If I find a verse like that, I'll say it. Until I find a verse like that, I can't see it yet. I'm sure I'll get verses. But the verse that is clear, we've seen it. How do you please God very much? Clear. Help your parents. And the West, when I say the West, the Western world, they fall short in that. I'm sure in the past, they, 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 they didn't, they, they, they honored their parents. But now, take the nursing home, let's go to a nursing home. I don't have time for you. Sometimes you go to Walgreens, one man there, shout, someone is shouting at her mother, old mother. You see that people forget about honoring them. People don't care for their parents. Not everyone, but some people, they don't care. The culture doesn't permit those things. And therefore, many are not very pleasing to God, at least according to 1 Timothy 5.4. But I pray that you and I will be people who please the Lord very much. Because we help we care for. We honor. That's why God said, look, this thing pleases me so much that I'll promise you. Honoring your father and mother and helping them and giving them gifts pleases me so much, very much, so much that I'll give you a promise if you do it. Because it pleases me so much, my promise to you is that if you do it, I'll make sure that everything goes well for you and you live long on the earth. What a blessing. So I pray that we will please the Lord. I pray. Because those who haven't heard it are the same as those who heard it and didn't do it. Only that if you hear it and don't do it, your situation is even worse. Number two, if you didn't hear it, then all you, the, 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 the pleases the Lord very much cannot apply to you because you didn't do what it takes. And God doesn't excuse people for not knowing. Because God has instructed us to study his word. So no one can meet God and say, I didn't know. Because that's not good enough. Because God said, study my way to know. That's why the person who did not do the, his master's will was whipped with stripes. The one who knew his master's will and didn't do it was whipped with many stripes. So both would be whipped. Or would, 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 would uh, when I say whipped, Jesus said that, but it means that the one who didn't know would lose out because they didn't read the Bible. The one who heard it, everyone who is watching this uh, on Zoom or on social media, you've heard it. So, as you've heard it, if you don't follow it, it just means that you, you, it, I mean, it will be worse off than those who didn't hear it, even though those who didn't hear it were also... Uh, uh, um, be asked about it. We are not excused because we didn't know. No. Nevertheless, if we didn't know, it's not as bad as if we knew. That's what Jesus said. Two people were there, two sons. One, the father told the first son, I want you to do ABC. The son said, I will not go. And then later he went. Son 2, the father said, do this. He said, I'll do it, but he didn't do it. Who is better? The one who said no, and then later on went. So what am I saying? I'm saying that 
may you and I receive this instruction and do these things. Number one, love people, love your neighbor. Number two, serve God and receive your blessings and your crowns. Serving God blesses you on earth because God would delight in the prosperity of his servants. We talked about this last week. So serving God blesses you on earth. Loving God blesses you on earth and in the afterlife. And then taking care of, honoring parents, pleases God very much. And because of that, he's promised us that anyone who but this is so important to me. God says that this is so important to me. And it pleases me so much that anyone who does this by caring for their parents and honoring them because I use them to bring you to, to the world, I, I, I would make sure you live longer and you, things are well with you. So those who leave their parents, uh, so um, you are quarreling with your parents. So if you used to give them money, you are not giving them money anymore because you are quarreling with them. I feel sorry for you. I pity you actually. If you are listening and that's you, I pity you. And the angels also pity you. Because you are now letting your parent ask you, please, please. I need it, please. Because you're angry. If you're angry with your parents, but okay, no problem. I'm angry with you, no problem. I'm angry. But I have to still do what God requires me to do. There was a lady who's there was, a, there was a lady in a church, one of the churches, whose mother, young mother, so she was involved in certain sinful practices, very sinful practices, and the lady was in the church. So the mother borrowed her car and took the girl's car to do evil, horrible, evil, sin, very sinful practices that God does not approve. She, the, 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 the mother took the church member's car to go and do evil. So I was talking to the church member and the church member told me how she cast her mother out and insulted the mother. How dare you use my car to do this? So she thought, thought as she was telling me, I would say, ah, 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 yes, how could she? But I, I, as soon as she said it, I said, before we continue, yes, I agree with you. I'll show you, I, I, I'll tell you what to do next time it happens. But call your mother immediately and ask her to forgive you. Tell her that you will never do that again, that you are very sorry. Quickly. Before you get into trouble with God. So she called the mother, begged, apologized, asked for forgiveness. Then I told her, it's better to say, Mommy, if you are going to do this with my car, I cannot give you the car. That's better than cussing her out. And rather give her whatever, if she needs money, just give it to her. That's your duty. What do you think? I'm not out of word. I'm just out of time. Next week, God willing, we'll continue. And I pray that you and I would love people, love each other, serve the Lord our God in the days of our youth. Number three, you and I are going to honor our parents and care for our parents. If your parents are not around, you can just look for a parent in God's address. I mean, Whatever, whoever, uncle, anyone who helped you, who was like a parent figure, do it. And just tell God, oh God, I understand it now, but what can I do now? I want that blessing. And God will find a way to honor you and bless you. Shall we pray? Father God, I bless your name. We bless you and we worship you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for all you have in store for us. We pray that you give us the grace to walk in these things and to obey your word and to live in the light of your word, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. Whilst we are praying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are watching on Zoom, you are watching online, and you want Jesus Christ to save you. You know in your heart that you are far away from God, but you want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. Then I want to ask you to repeat after me heavenly father i come to you in the name of jesus christ i confess that jesus christ is lord i believe that he died on the cross for my sins i believe that his blood was shed for my sins i believe that god raised him from the dead 
Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 God bless you all. And thanks, uh, thanks, online viewers. Just before I, I conclude, I want to say thank you for joining. God bless you. Have a good week. Until next week, God willing, God bless you and shalom, shalom.